This is the Pain Information Network, 46. Today I have Dr. Dalton, a Florida pain specialist, and the president of the Florida Society of Interventional Pain Physicians on board. And he's going to talk to us about taking care of the elderly and spine. He's a physiatrist, very well trained, very well gifted in the fact that he can take care of a lot of different types of pain problems. He's going to talk to us about uh, just dealing with the most challenging thing we have to deal with, spine. And as it gets a little older and as we get some what I call good living on the spine, it's a very challenging effort to try to keep people mobile, happy, and moving forward and minimize the opioid load or you know, try to emphasize non-narcotic medication alternatives. Very good at that. Physiatry deals with musculoskeletal problems, and he's one of the best. So let's get to it. I have next to me uh, a president, and we're, we're really glad to have this president here, president of the Florida Society of Interventional Pain Physicians, and that's a, a group that is a, a subgroup of the American Society of Interventional Pain Physicians, and I've got the president sitting right here. This is a, a group, a fine group of physicians that takes care of a fantastic group of people, mostly the elderly in southern Florida, and he is an individual who is commanded the lead of the upcoming Florida Society of Interventional Pain Physician meeting, and I'll be speaking there. It's always an honor to talk to him, a very experienced physician with a large practice and very credible in the community. We as uh, pain physicians uh, look to leaders, definitely Harold's a thought leader. Tell us about yourself, Harold. Well, thank you, uh, Dr. Hansen. Uh, I'm Dr. Harold Dalton with Florida Spine Specialists in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, we are a uh, group of all fellowship-trained physicians uh, who dedicate our practice solely to the treatment of spinal disorders. Uh, we currently have uh, numerous facilities throughout the uh, southern part of Florida. Uh, we have seven physicians in the group, uh, three interventional pain physicians, three uh, fellowship-trained orthopedic spine surgeons, and one neurosurgeon. And we really incorporate uh, everything from uh, soup to nuts, from spinal care, from the simplest little lumbar strain to the largest multi-level fusion you could possibly uh, think of. Okay, that's, uh, that's going to pretty much sum it up. What's your educational background? Uh, I have undergraduate and graduate degrees from the University of Florida. I did my medical school at Nova Southeastern University. My residency at Northwestern at the Rehab Institute of Chicago, and my fellowship through Emory in Atlanta. So you're a physiatrist by training. Tell us what that is. A physiatrist is a specialist who really looks at uh, dysfunction within the uh, human uh, form, uh, looking at disability, and trying to get people back to function identifying the underlying pathology so we can turn them to a pain-free life, get them uh, functioning at a high level so they can participate in the activities that they wish to. Yeah, that's uh, different than my specialty, but we share more in common than we differentiate. 
We start out uh, as our heritage, um, anesthesiology, obviously, you learn how to put people to sleep. And in physiatry, you learn musculoskeletal. And then we, saw, we kind of find our niche, especially when we get into pain uh, management. We take the same boards, and we are involved in the same organizations, and we're all on the same page. And that's what's really so great about societies like the American Society of Interventional Pain Physicians. And we don't just talk about interventions here. We talk about uh, soup to nuts. So let's drill in on something I know you see all day long. And it's a unique and it's a growing patient population. And that's the elderly low back or spine. You know, Hans, I, I always told my wife when she asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up was take care of little old ladies with back pain. And <laughs> I, I've really kind of been able to, to do that throughout my practice. Um, and it's not just little old ladies, but we take care of take care of everybody. But really diagnosing and treating the complex nature of the elderly spine, and the spine itself as it degenerates, is to me fascinating. Determining the uh, specific pain generator or multiple pain generators, as it may be, and then really looking at what treatments are available to keep these people functioning as we're getting older, but we're maintaining our level of activity to a much greater degree as we age. Yeah, well, that's what we want, and that's the goal. We're not winning if we just keep doping up uh, the elderly. In fact, the risk to fall, the risk to have more complications from the medicine, even just down to constipation, I mean, that can be miserable. So you offer offer spinal uh, injections, you offer spinal diagnostics, and tell us a little bit about them. Well, the key to our practice, quite frankly, is is interventional diagnostics and trying to determine exactly uh, where the patient's pain may be coming from. Whether that's from uh, interventional procedures where we put local anesthetic in to try to make the pain go away, whether it's provocative procedures such as discography where we're trying to uh, recreate the patient's pain generator, we also... Um, Once we're able to determine what that is, we have a whole host of different tools at our disposal to really, um, you know, decrease the patient's pain so that we can get them exercising again and get them moving again, which is really the important thing. Yeah, it is. And when, when we quit moving, it's a slow, miserable decompensation. Well, tell, tell us what happens. You know, we do not want patients to take to the bed. No, and and we know from data where we were able to study prisoners decades ago that if you if we restrict someone to bed rest, it takes them three days to physiologically recover from that one day of bed rest. So early mobility, keeping patients moving, uh, really slows down uh, the degenerative aspects of of what we see uh, in our patients. Yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, you, you move it or you lose it. Um, de, uh, deconditioning is a very rapid event, particularly in the elderly. So some of the unique problems we have in the elderly are they come to us with advanced degenerative disease, stenosis. They come to us with facet disease, bad discs. They're deconditioned, sometimes overweight. Sometimes they have had surgery and it was primitive surgery. So here we are. Now we've got a patient that's sitting before us saying, I have back pain. Help me. 
you know, and and help as many times what they need. Uh, the I look at it from the physiatrist standpoint is we really have three uh, aspects, a, a trident approach to treating. Uh, patients with pain and, and we have medications and as you've clearly said earlier medications come with side effects and while they may be very effective in in some of the elderly patients they really the side effects outweigh the benefits and they may not allow the patient to return to the function they had if they're overly sedated and that's really not what we're looking for many times we can use interventional procedures to decrease the patient's pain uh, and once we're able to even using the combination of medications and or interventional procedures the goal in my practice is to get them to the physical therapist to get them moving to get their strength back it's amazing how many times when we review patients mri that we see a tremendous amount of atrophy within the spinal musculature which contributes significantly to the degenerative cascade of disdegeneration arthritis stenosis and pain and so correcting the muscular weakness is one of the main goals that we have and why we're so successful in our treatment. And that's uh, where it's physiatrists excel. You know, you've got the training and you've got the expertise, the understanding of the musculoskeletal uh, segment that uh, the elderly um, suffer from. So your spine can't stay up if it doesn't have the supporting tissues, the biomechanical stressors on the spine just aren't tolerated let's let's talk osteoporosis we you see that all day long what do you do about that you know i again in fort lauderdale we we do have an elderly population and we really uh look at uh osteoporosis is a big problem for us in our practice uh for a variety of reasons one if we do have to look at a surgical fix and, and we're looking at a osteoporotic bone, it makes it much more difficult to my surgeons to have a successful outcome. We do uh, bone density uh, scanning, uh, and we also offer a variety of treatments. Uh, but one of the, the main things that we do as far as treatment goes is when a patient ends up with an osteoporotic uh, fracture, uh, we're able to offer them very quickly uh, vertebral augmentation, be it through kyphoplasty or vertebroplasty, what is ever necessary to uh, help stabilize these fractures, uh, hopefully correct the deformity, and get them back uh, moving again as quickly as possible. Uh, yeah, we d- talked about that on a previous podcast. It's pretty stunning results. Um, they can be coming in in um, significant pain, this procedure, can leave them walking out the front door. Um, I love this procedure. It's one of the most satisfying procedures that we do, without a doubt. Exactly. Now, you know, you're Southern Florida, so I'm not going to let you get away from me here on this one. Uh, You guys took a very proactive role on opioid abuse and misuse at Ground Zero in Southern Florida, where we saw the biggest problem in the country with uh, opioid addiction, misuse, abuse, and diversion. At least we think we did. But it looks uh, like the numbers the DEA has given us showed that there was a bunch of oxycodone down here. You've been successful, haven't you? You know, we actually have been very successful. In Broward County at one point in 2007, of the top 50 dispensers of oxycodone in the nation, 49 of them were in the state of Florida and 39 of them were in Broward County. Um, and we have really been able to make a big dent in that uh, through uh, 
appropriate law enforcement from being able to get a prescription drug monitoring plan implemented uh, within the state of Florida, as well as having appropriate uh, laws and appropriate law enforcement uh, has really made a big dent. At one point uh, in 2011, before the uh, PDMP and the uh, laws were uh, affected, we were having seven patients a day in the state of Florida die from opioid-related uh, fatalities. Uh, the current data shows that uh, after uh, about five years of this being implemented, we've reduced that by over 50 percent. And we're much more in line with the rest of the country, which is still too high, and there's still an epidemic throughout the nation of uh, prescription drug abuse. However, uh, at least in the state of Florida, and particularly in South Florida, we're seeing a uh, marked decline. Yeah, that's great. Now, you were a thought leader on that. You and Dr. Silverman, who's going to be on shortly, um, really took it. And uh, yet have to be credited with saving lives because people were dropping like it's what seven a day something like that yeah seven a day and i i you know talk to my uh, uh when i give lectures on the prescription drug uh, uh pro prescription drug problem that we had within the state uh i mentioned that if you know seven manatees died in a day it would be oh, huge yeah. news oh yeah uh however you know with seven patients dying a day seven people dying a day and they're not just they're not just patients many of these medications were being diverted and getting into our our uh the, the hands of our uh, our children and students and, and people that they were not intended for. And uh, so we've really been able to crack down on that. Yeah, addiction is not a moral failing. Sometimes people get hooked for uh, from just previous injuries, and all, now all of a sudden they're looking for drugs on the street or they would head to those pill mills. That's been stopped, so lives are being saved. Awesome. Um, well, okay, what else do you see in your clinic? I know you see... A lot of low back pain, but what are we going to do when somebody can't move their neck? Well, you know, we, we jokingly talk about 60% of our patients being uh, low back pain and 40% of our, uh, the remainder of our practice being cervical and the rest being thoracic, uh, which doesn't leave a lot of thoracic pain. But we do see a lot of cervical-related issues, clearly because of the spinal cord uh, running through the cervical spine. We are much more concerned with pathology within this area, uh, and we're able to uh, treat this in really the same fashion uh, with appropriate diagnosis, appropriate conservative care, and if necessary, we have the ability to offer surgical options. So let's just say I'm coming in with my mom or uh, there's another uh, patient coming in with a loved one. Okay, they're coming in and that loved one might be an advocate to help with understanding in the elderly, um, they, they sometimes get a little confused, and we talk fast and we move fast, and we know that, and we try our best. So when, when they come in and they have a complex back, now you, you know what I'm talking about. They have a, a rotatory scoliosis, a twisted spine, and they, they, there's no surgery. Um, and you have a very concerned uh, family member that's looking at you, and you're, again, the light at the end of the tunnel, and they hope you're not a truck. How do you approach that? Well, 
One of the, the main things that I really try to do is spend a lot of time with my patients and their patient's family educating the patient as to the underlying pathology, the underlying cause of their pain and dysfunction. Uh, we go over their x-ray images in detail. We have advanced scanning that we review their MRIs and, and uh, CT myelograms and, and whatever types of imaging that we have. And we spend a lot of time with education. And one of the things that I ask my patients before they leave my office as we've gone through these images is we, may, we make sure that they don't have any further questions and that they understand what their problem is and what the treatments are that are available to them, be it non-surgical, which is you know what I offer, and it's my job to keep everybody away from my surgeons. But if they do need surgery, to lay that out for them <laughs> Keep also. Keep them away from your surgeons. I get that, and you mean that in a good way. I do. Uh, you know, you nailed it. That's uh, what I was getting at is patient education – is a step and then another step and another step we we say complicated things and when a family member is there um they may want to bring a piece of paper or something like that but through education patients have less fear they understand that they can have different types of treatment and they're they're not just going to have to quote live with their pain unquote oh god i hate hearing that so that's what you do in your clinic. So what's the name of your clinic? Uh, we are Florida Spine Specialists. Our main office is in uh, Fort Lauderdale. We also have an uh, office in Boca Raton, in Delray Beach, and in Key West. Key West. Sign me up. Oh, gosh. Well, listen, i got to tell you, Harold, that was really fantastic. Oh, we use first names around here, by the way. Um, that's for patient comfort. But Thanks, <laughs> Listen, um, Fantastic having you on. We're going to have you on again, and you do you do really great work. And folks, you got to understand these these organizations are massive time drains, and to be president of one, but not only that, put on a first class. Uh, uh, I guess you'd call it a show, but it's it really is an educational experience to to teach other doctors. That's a big deal. That's a big deal, and we thank you for all of that. Well, we're happy to do it, and uh, thanks for being part of it. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Dr. Dalton. That was really a great interview. And just having the opportunity to sit down and talk with somebody that deals on the front line of pain medicine every day is a treat, and I hope, it, I hope it is for you as well, because these people do it. They get up every morning, and they put the key in the car, and they turn it and say, what can I do for somebody? And that's a really great perspective. And for your efforts, uh, I know you have a gifted career and a uh, very, very happy practice. <laughs> we, we can see that. So leave a review at uh, iTunes. Please leave a review. It's very important. It helps us rank so that other people can find us, and it helps other people with their pain challenges, and we appreciate every review we get. Please also visit paininformation.com if you have any questions or if you want to know more about a particular subject. I, I try to read every single one of them that comes in. And uh, I appreciate so much the support. So we will see you soon.